The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between, and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life, sometimes it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I am Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers. Writers and much more, as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. I, lo- I normally start my show with a lesson that I learned from theater, and it is this: Don't live for the applause. No. Don't live for the applause. Yeah, I think Lady Gaga has a song that says, I live for the applause, applause, applause. I live for the applause, applause. No, 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 no. Live for the thrill of it. As a stage actor, for years, I have had to learn how not to thrive on when the applause is not what you meant, you actually thought it would be, you know, you meant for it to be, and your expectations are not... And so I've learned a long time ago, Philip, you know, learn to enjoy the moments. Learn to enjoy the journey. Because I love doing what I do. I consistently go back onto the stage to give it my best shot. And it's the thrill of the moment that gets me going, that gets me moving. Don't live for the applause. Live for the thrill. Welcome to Lights, Camera. Real life, faith. <laughs> Rodney Campbell. What a gone, bossy. Come on there, Philip. Um, you might notice I have had a, a strange little addition. What happened it, there? Um, let's just call it a fashion statement, no? Um, um, you know, I told them a while ago. I told my guests a while ago that I think you're going to do a fashionably late entrance so here it is <laughs> no i was i was actually waiting on you to the same way we did that early check okay right so i i thought you were gonna call me <laughs> oh oh no right. no it's it's, so, it's it's i i i i the live i say guys let me just say it's it's his first time with me never done it before. <laughs> so there's a, there's some the things that he has to get used to Okay. Let, let me just say one that I'm honored to do this, and Barack Obama, um, the former president, when he when he asked me to do a live, I I declined because he had already limited office, and I said the next best person after that to do an interview with was Philip. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't feel bad, Barack, but um, <laughs> hey, we're still good. <laughs> we're still good. Oh, after, oh my after, goodness. After, oh, after my Barack, goodness. You, after Barack you made my night. No, after Barack comes Clark. It's ah, alphabetical ah. order. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Alphabetical yeah. order. <laughs> yeah. so. so, I had a little uh, introduction planned for you, you know, so... Can I just oh. go ahead and do that, sir? Yeah, man. Feel free. It is. Look here. I've never done this before, so do what do what you gotta do, man. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to Lights Camera Real Life. And tonight, I have with me veteran broadcaster, journalist, the television, radio, theater, <laughs> film personality. Uh, Let me read it again. Television, radio, theater, film personality, slash actor, mm-hmm. communications consultant, a host of professions, you know, friend, voice, talent, script writer, poet, blogger, photographer, uh, 
and the list goes on because I think there are other things that are probably not, and he's not able to say right now. And maybe you will hear, hear some of them at the end of the show or during the show. But I would like to describe him as that individual who has the ability to give you a very convincing stone face. But within, deep within, he has a warm heart of gold. <laughs> Thank you very much, Philip. I appreciate it. I do believe that. The, the, the moments that we've spent together, you know, you, you, you really came out as an individual who... I saw the humanity in you, and, 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 and I was extremely blessed, and I was extremely proud, and I was ex extremely... I felt so close to you because of the way how you expressed yourself. And as a man, I think you are really one of those exemplary men that really knows how Whoa. to balance that warmth of, of, of who you are, the real person, and being the tough guy that you are. Well, um, thank you very much, Philip. Um, I... It's it's hard sometimes to be all that you describe, and it's hard sometimes to not be all you describe. But I think we all have a journey in life, and sometimes if I can fulfill a space in somebody's life for whatever reason, especially without the intent to do it. Uh, there are many people who have not been able to say to me what you have said to me, but I've been I've been aware that possibly, you know, they've walked away a little bit better, and I think that's our duty in this world to not be perfect people, to have our faults and our downfalls, have our triumphs and our our glory, but you have a duty to make somebody else better in a space, in a time. And whether it's your family, your friends, strangers, it's, it's a duty. You know, you might not get rewarded for it or paid for it, mm -hmm. which is probably the best part, you know. So, yeah. I, I hear you. you pay my compliments, you know, Philip. I, I'm a man known to, I have children who will tell you. I'm, I'm a man who will who will ball in us, so be careful. <laughs> well, guess what? You're a man who is a real man. That's what you are. Okay? Uh, uh, you, you talk a uh, lot about... You talk yeah. a, I, 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 I have heard you from time to time, and I, I peruse your, your, your IG, and you, know, you seem to talk a lot about your mother. Yes. And I, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about that relationship. But if you don't mind, can I read something to you that you wrote? Yeah, man, you can. Okay. It says, I realize my surprise at the lies I have told myself that you never left me. You never left leaving me bereft of my first teacher, the holder of my hands and plans. The reminder that I could never choose money or sin, church or skin to begin my thoughts on who or what matters. Yet for years, I've been in tatters shattered that what mattered most and close was you. The easier part gets harder and the harder part in my heart remains a soft pain mixed with joy knowing you were, you are, you forever will be you, my mother, my angel, my you. Your mother meant a lot to you. Yes. Tell us and, um, um, as our only child. <laughs> and I think I grew up as, I grew up privileged. I grew up very fortunate. But I also grew up with a mother who I became early the handbag that wasn't necessarily just the, the child you carry around. But she exposed mm -hmm. me in every possible way. Um, 
And I think early in life I understood there is no one beneath you in this world, but there is no one above you in this world. So pay respect to every human being, but never lower yourself mm -hmm. to become accepted. Um, she also gave me, in religion, for example, I was christened a Roman Catholic, but as mm -hmm. early as I can remember, as about 10, my mother facilitated every possible denomination for me to go to church so that I would have eventually the kind of choices and not be limited to what she gave me, you know, um, and books. I, I, I grew up with an understanding that you never read because you're able to. You read because you should. And, mm -hmm. yeah, so when you get to Kill a Mockingbird at nine. Wow, at nine? Yes, it's something that you sit and discuss. When you get Pilgrim's Progress, when you get, um, when you get different kinds of literature, because her philosophy was you cannot become a man without being educated. And her philosophy on education was not limited to an academic institution. It was an understanding of life. Mm. So I was compelled very young to give, to serve, to give service. So as early as I can remember, you always had to, twice per year, give away some of your best clothes, your best toys. You had to go to children's homes, not on special occasions. You had to go to old age homes. Um, you had to interact at a level because she said the biggest problem that I would face is having been born into helper and gardener and care in a time when it appeared to be less than common. If she allowed me to believe that that was a true acquisition of life and an acknowledgement of what life is, I'd be living a life. Mm. So she became my best teacher because mm. I learned everything I am because of her. And that is also not to suggest that we always had the most beautiful life because I was very rebellious. Because my mother came from an old school of an understanding of life. When you uh, say rebellious, when you say rebellious, what you mean? You, you, you um, I, I was very strong-willed, you know. Mm. And um, I think, <laughs> God rest our soul. I think down the road, she sort of came to an understanding that the very teachings she was giving me, one of them being, when you believe in something, in the inner depths of your heart and your conscience, never compromise yourself for the benefit of material life acceptance or position. And unfortunately, the very same thing ended up happening with her where <laughs> my mother gave me a house key when I passed common entrance uh -huh. but she also gave me uh, a curfew so as far as I was concerned I was told that was responsibility so I said you know if she said 10 I'm being responsible where I am and I'll responsibly come at midnight <laughs> she was not <laughs> so in many ways we clashed early mm -hmm. and I think we eventually overcame that but we went through a very tumultuous time because growing up my mother her very close friends and family most, most of them were of a philosophy that saw me becoming in their eyes mm -hmm. And now I look back through those eyes, wayward, possibly oh. um, truant, possibly 
Philip, I'll be very honest with you. Very young, I was a leader. Yeah. And I led many positive things and had all kinds of friends. So when I had uptown friends, I also had deep garrison friends. And at some point, it was understood that possibly I could have been somebody at that age who had even older boys than me mm -hmm. going in a direction that in my mind was not. Um, we were riotous. But they saw the trajectory as mm -hmm. possibly becoming, you know, that early, we would have called early done, early bad boy kind of thing. Right. I saw it until the day I understood because I, I got a son. And I, I learned early that the very things that I used to think, boy, she not understand. She see what she want to see. Me know what me know. I also knew what she did not know. And I look back many times and I say, you know something? <laughs> oh, boy. If I had carried my life the way mm -hmm. it was going, I would have either been a very successful criminal lawyer, with a dark side, I would have become a daughter easily. So let me ask a question. So, you know. When you, when you from the position that you are now, you know, yes. you, you've come to know yourself. When you look back on who you were, yeah. do you accept that past as part of who you are now? Um, I, I will never deny any part of who I was and who I've become. And I've never been one to say, had I not been that, I could have been this. Because mm -hmm. that means I want to be able to predict who I am and who I should have been. All the things that I've lived, all the things that you have lived, are not in many ways designed by other people. You know? So you have to have an understanding and an appreciation that you're good, bad, ugly. Your personal interaction with you, your family influences, your friends. Mm -hmm. Had you not had that, can you truly say who you would be? You don't know. You said you you said you passed so, common entrance for uh for high school. What was that was that? JC? No, I actually passed for St. George's College. For St. George's College. Yes. Okay. I left the St. Richard's primary. And I, <laughs> and I tell people, having gone to St. Richard's, I I'll be very honest with you. The quality of education I got at St. Richard's. If I had not gone to high school, I don't think I would have been anywhere else for it. But I went to St. George's College, and... How was that for you? I mean, that was a, that was a boy's school. Uh, how yeah. did you... Most people, when you talk to them, you know, it's about high school is what made them who them into the man that they are today. Is that the case with you? High school added something to me. Yeah. I, I, I went to high school with a very good foundation. But I also went to high school and saw an expansion of real life. Remember, you go to a primary school, and I say I, I benefited primary over prep. Prep was a school with six grades and two classes each, 30 children at the most. When you go to primary school, you go to a school with each grade having six classes, 35 to 40. In one school, you get to high school, you're now looking at a thousand children mm -hmm. from all different backgrounds. Yes, I went to St. Richard's with different background children, but I went to high school with a much, a much more expansive set. But I was never, I never faced 
the kinds of challenges. High school gave you a challenge to say, guess what? You're a big boy now. So now, <laughs> you're a boy again. Uh-huh. Right? What made it even nicer for me is that I started wearing long pants in third grade in primary school. Mm. So a lot of my um, peers started wearing long pants throughout the week when they just started high school. <laughs> so I go high school with five uniforms, two, three different pair of shoes to go to school and think I'm all that until mm -hmm. I got up on some boys who come from Chateau Park Primary, St. Annie's, um, some other school. But when you look upon them boys, them boys are 13 years old because I passed common entrance at 10. So you're going, a bad man thing this, you know, you've never been in school with a boy who look upon you and tell you, sir, him can just send down the road and, and go for him, gunman uncle and gunman brother. Um, and the truth is as well, it, it now made your friendships far greater because your anticipation for what high school was going to offer. By third form, though, why well, may I tell you, uh, when I, <clears throat> at the end of first form, you know, Father Quinlan, God rest his soul, who was vice principal, Father Quinlan said, he wrote on my report, brilliant student. But we cannot have him back here in September. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Rodney Campbell. You know, of course, most of you know him from television or radio or even film. And now he's counting his story, uh, having passed from St. Richard's Primary into yeah. high school, now St. George's High. Yeah. At the end of her song, he's being told that they can't, he can't come back. Rodney, why? Why are you so, what? What's wrong with you? In, in my estimation, I wasn't bad enough. Um, well, suffice it to say, Father Quinlan told my mother that he had links to Knox and Monroe and suggested that maybe I needed to be in a boarding school because he thought that I was um, a challenge. So a twice in second form, I was also um, given that very same notation. So he then proceeded to tell my mother, uh -huh. my good, my good, good, Clean, clean mother who not speak Patois very nicely, you know, who then says, and Father Quinlan was Canadian. So okay. Father Quinlan wanted to cane me on yet another occasion and asked me to reveal who it is that had broken a window in the classroom. I had no intention to reveal who it was. It's not happening. Well, he said, if you're not taking the caning, you might as well go home. I said, well... That seems to be the position. My mother was not having it and marched me back to school. Well, Father Quinlan told her that I was the Che Guevara of the institution. Oh, my God. And that if I wanted to, to be a revolutionary, maybe there was a military school in Canada that he was suggesting that I go to. Well... Long and short is that mm -hmm. I stayed at St. George's until the end of third form. Then I said to the principal, and I convinced my mother that I wanted to go to Jamaica College. Lo and behold, check this, Philip. The principal, the vice principal, the guidance counselor, the student counselor, all sitting in the principal's office. And the principal says to me, in front of my good, good mother. Where are you leaving? You're not happy here? Um, I may say, but no. What a wicked act. They gave me the most glowing recommendation oh my God. ever. So what causes, what caused this shift? What, 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 what? what no, at this point, Philip, hold on, at this point, 
Um, Mrs. Stafford, God rest her soul. When I was in second form, I entered a competition, a poetry and writing competition that was for fifth farmers only. Mm -hmm. I won the competition. But I couldn't call it the first prize because I wasn't a fifth farmer. So Mrs. Stafford suggested to them that I was supposedly some extremely bright person and it wouldn't be a good idea to send me through the gate. The principal said, okay. He gave my mother the most glowing recommendation for me to go to Jamaica College. Little did I know that the principal, Mr. Royal Taylor at the time, what he got from St. George's was the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So when we went to Jamaica College, I wasn't simply accepted. I had to meet with the entire school fraternity. Mm -hmm. in Mr. Taylor's office and Mr. Taylor took me to the window and looked out on all over road and he said, young man you can either be a Rhodes Scholar or a Rhodes Scholar <laughs> and I said, oh Zine so he gave me a form and said that every end of class every teacher should write in a column at the end of the class. And at the end of the day, my form teacher must sign it. Failing that, because that was now supposed to be, I was accepted under probation. And I said, but warm to the boss, the letter, the man said, the letter. Mm -hmm. I know of no letter. What I do know is that you, sir, are not in this institution on good grace. You are here merely on good mind. <laughs> Rodney! Yeah. Rodney, where is your... You need to bridle your tongue. <laughs> but, no, but you don't know what? No. You see, after two and a half weeks, I couldn't keep up the farm, Philip. I couldn't keep up the farm. So, okay, so tell me something now. You know. So tell me something now. <laughs> uh, these yeah. obviously were the growing tumultuous years. <laughs> but uh, I just, for the record, I wasn't bad. I was. <sighs> well, I you see, you see, you see, you started off things. reading a lot. You started yeah. off reading a lot, and I think yeah. your imagination was kind of ignited. Rodney, when did you discover that you had this affinity for the arts? I mean, acting, uh, act, uh, voice. You know these kinds of things. When did you dis when did you discover that? You know, I think I have a talent here, and I like it, and I want to do something with it. I I never thought I had a talent. Um, I was probably five years old, and school stuff. You know, those days it was understood. You you don't choose if you're going to the school stuff. So there's a school production. The teacher choose what you do in the production. You'd have okay. a choice. Um, I joined the St. Richard's choir. And... You used to sing, Rodney? Yeah, I did. I did. Actually, we... Oh, uh, for the leisure of it. You know, I, I don't think I've treasured the voice as much as I should have. But, yeah, every now and again. But, um, and I'll give myself, my school, a great plug. We the St. Richard's Choir performed at Shirley Bassey in St. Anne. But anyway, yes, be that as it may. I, I, I think I saw that that YouTube clip actually. I think yeah. I saw it. Yes. So having done all those kind of things, um, and my mother sent me to learn piano and violin and clarinet, which I wasted that opportunity um, being truant because I wanted to do other things because none of None of my friends were out there on a Saturday at 10 years old learning piano yeah. and all these things. But having done all of that, I never, I used to make a joke about imitating voices. So for mm -hmm. years, that was my kind of thing. The true affinity for the arts was now on my visual side. So I always wanted to watch the creative process. I only became truly involved in it as a joke among friends. 
because I used to host karaoke at Devon House. So Oliver Mayer, um, Jason, Chris Daly, a, a lot of us, we came together and did a, a satirical review called This Thing. Won some awards, I want to do. And that was really the first time that I had done officially a theatrical production. Oh. Um, I, I, to this day, I still think... I've, I've never called myself good or great. And yeah. sometimes I think by the amount of work that I've received that maybe, maybe if I was any good, far more people would call me. But then I also feel good about the fact that if everybody called me and I was always doing work, then I'd soon and very soon just be, oh, yeah, again. So I've, I've, I've come to appreciate the, the spurts. But yeah. I'm, 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 for the arts, I'm really more into the appreciation of it than necessarily being somebody, yeah, I have a creative spirit and all of that, but, you know, my writings tell people certain things and I've been, mm. with my photography and my writing, I, I, I personally, I've been very um, lackadaisical. But mm. as a creative yourself, you understand that sometimes people can say, why not now? When the time, when that bell rings loud, not just a bang, but when it, when it chimes eternal, yes. it will, you know. It will, yes. oh, um, Robert, welcome Robert Finzi-Smith. Uh, Robert is saying, tell them about rewriting songs such as I Will Survive. What's that about? Yeah, well, <laughs> as I said, I used to like the idea of imitating voices. So I also used to like the idea of, big up Bobby, I used to like the idea of spoofing songs. So for karaoke, I'd choose some songs and just change the words. First I take a beard, then I take a drive. Just thinking I couldn't go to bed without that one last ride. So it's, it's different things, you know. <laughs> So no man, you have, you have, you have, you have to give me more man. The others want to hear more. You can't do that. I will have one, so. I don't. I don't think you want me to really reel out the whole of that song, you know, because yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it took all the strength I had not to crack a fart. Just thinking. <laughs> Trying hard to mend the pieces of my broken heart. Yeah. <laughs> Feel it. Another no, time. man. Yeah. Give me yeah. one more line. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so now go. Walk out the door. Nobody turn around now. You're not welcome anymore. Old score. Weren't you the one who tried to hurt me with Joe Grind? You think I'd crumble? You think I'd lay down and die, but no, not I. I will survive. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Ladies it's, and gentlemen, we're talking to Rodney Campbell. Yeah, uh, yeah, let me see. Is a personality for sure. I mean, he's called yeah. a television, radio, and theater personality and film, but he's a yeah. certain personality. Rodney, you said yeah. um, in, in 2009, you took a risk and you did a stand up comedy, a one man show. Yeah. And you said you weren't a comedian, but you did this on your own. What was that like? I mean, I didn't get an opportunity to see it, but what was that like? You took a major risk. All right. So year in, year out, people said, yeah, man, why don't do it? Why don't do it? And I said, no, I don't think I have what it takes to do it. I, I guess, yeah, you know, these guys who do it are really great. But people keep saying, yeah, but. You're always cracking us up. And I said, yeah, but that's different. But then I went one day to the pantry. And I just walked in and said, look here, Bridget. The theater available. This was a Wednesday. I said, the theater available this weekend. I said, boy, I mean, I really know it, but you can't keep sure just a brother. Them thing I take time for plan. I said, I've been... Saying I'm going to do it. Saying I'm going to do it. Saying I'm going to do it. I want to do it this weekend. Two days. Saturday, Sunday. Done. 
him said, all right then, Carl Hart. And much respect to him because he gave me that theater. He gave me food. He gave, he said, look, if this is what, what you really think you want to do. And I said, the same thing I said, that when I write a book, when I, when I flop Denzel in a movie and get the award, well, <laughs> what, whatever I decide to do, you can't say I never do it. Yeah. So it wasn't important to me how many people came to the show. It wasn't important to me what mattered was when I'd done. Can you say, no, it would have been better for me to go advertise a month and all of this. And I say, guess what? You know, if I do that, I'm going to now be looking forward to far more things than I need to be looking forward to. I'm going to be thinking, oh, how many people? I'm going to be thinking, oh, but, and the coverage and what up. And I get a joke, glean and observe and come. I'm going to say, but watch out. In days, in a matter of days, and remember now, you know, we're not talking about no major social media time. Right. And I just got up and did it. And it was... Some people said, boy, well, it did a little bit hard-hitting. <laughs> but life funny. What did that experience teach you? That experience? Yes. That experience um, taught me. And I haven't learned from it. I haven't learned well from it. Let me, let me say, I haven't learned well from it. It taught me. Never make an excuse for the thing you can do because you haven't done it. Do it and make no excuses. And there are so many things I can do and I want to do. And I say, you know, why not do it? So now I make the excuse. Well, you know, when the time is right. Mm. Truth be told, I think I've spent far too much time being concerned with projects. And when I say projects, not my own stuff. So I'm more focused on, you know, me and Philip have an idea. And I don't ever want to do something by myself. I want to involve other people in the process. Mm -hmm. And every time you do that, your process slows down because you never actualize you. Mm. Sometimes you don't even realize other people's thing because it don't happen. Maybe it happens, but without you. But anyway, you take it. Your realization for what you have in mind, you have to get to a point where you sometimes say, you know something? I can do this by myself and not feel guilty for having yeah. other people out. Because the truth is, there is a me. There is an us. There is a we. There's a day, one of them. But you can't sacrifice me in the name of... So, I think now, you know, and truth be told, I used to have an idea that I wanted to always do things that my mother would look at and say, well, all right, yeah, okay. And then I started looking at life and saying, oh, but I want my children to... But none of these things really hit me the way... I said, but what do I want to do for me? Because if I do for me, something tells me she's going to look down and be happy, no matter what it is. They're going to look up and be happy. And somewhere in the middle... I'll simply be able to sit back. If I write the book in a Philip, if I'm me by the one copy myself, mm -hmm. I'm good because yeah. I don't need the best seller, you know. But you see, if I write rubbish and it's the best seller, I better me hide. If mm -hmm. I write it and I'm me one by it, tell me tomorrow, send me to write a book. Hmm? Speaking of, speaking okay. of children, speaking yeah. of children, uh, Lord, um, why Philip I got on the road, your Lord? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You had a very you caught you had a very interesting quote that caught my eye. Yeah. It says, "When 
our children recall our past, we will try and hide some deeds done. Justify them by blaming men we see as lesser mortals in an attempt to rewrite our own history. What is, Rodney, the hardest lessons that you've had to learn from being a father? Wow. Um, I thought this interview was going to be less than seven days long. Because if, if, if it's the lessons of being a father, all right. The, the first lesson I ever learned being a father, and it's, it's a lesson I still learn today, is that there is no book that teaches fatherhood. There are books that, that teach a lot of things. There are books for motherhood. There are books for motherhood? For motherhood and maternal care. You really don't ever have something you can read that guarantees that having read this, you're going to be a great father. I don't believe to this day that I've ever achieved even good father status. Because I started off with, with, with the knowledge that I was going to do this and do well at it. But what was, what was my roadmap? Mm -hmm. I had great influences. Not my own personal father. But I, I could never make an excuse and say I didn't have great role models. But here's what great role models also mean. It means there's a great role model as a father because he's always provided for his children. There's another great role model who is never present but who always shows up. There's another one who is never seen but has always provided what you just don't know. There's the man who is hardly seen but he's always loved. And there's a man who's hated not because he's bad but because the story has been fed. I've tried to be... <laughs> I've tried to be a good influence, a good director. Mm. I've tried also to be tough because I understand the difference between I, can't be, I cannot be my children's friend. And I've, I've, I've tried to be the father, but being the confidant, but not dropping all the way down to being this friend because there's a thin line between being a parent and being a friend. Yeah. Um, my children... Mm. okay it's okay you know my, my children are as good as they are not because of me they have been blessed far more than i could give them they've had other influences i think mothers have been great um and i always give the credit here yes i've I don't think I've been bad, but a work in progress mm. is reasonable. And I think that down the road, they'll always have something to be able to say, you know, daddy used to say that, or this is what you must do, you know. So, because the truth is, you know, Philip, I think I, I sort of had a greater understanding that if I had a chance to give my children the entire world, but I wasn't able to give them me at any point, which is why when I had the option to migrate 
I'm gonna live this life and then I'd be the person who just keep sending money and write letter and get letter and by now we'd have probably been in the same technology age. But I wouldn't have been the person who you can take up a phone and call. And say, Daddy, you know, so my father and all of my need here of wow, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And I can actually go up and look at it. Yeah. So though I've not been who you know, I I personally think I should have been and, and, and could have been and can be. I think there are going to be things that at least I've left enough of a mark somewhere in there for them to use and to pass on somewhere along the line. Um, which, leads me, which leads me to the, the next question. We, we don't have much time left, but there's a question yeah. I always ask my guests, and this is yeah. it. What is, it, there, there are a lot of young people who are on now and are watching and they are always looking for direction and mentors. And I'm sure you have a couple, a couple of mentees as well. Yeah. What is one thing that you would say to a young person right now? What is that one thing that when you think deeply about it, it is that one thing you would say to one young person watching right now? Live truth. Live honesty. Live sincerity. Live with an understanding that you are not here solely and only for you. You are at a place in your life, regardless of what it appears to be. Three quarters of the world far less fortunate than you are. So once you're in a space, live truth. Don't want to be a, a carpenter and because of influences, leave it alone. Don't want to, whatever you want to be, be true because yeah. you can never actualize yourself yeah. if you fabricate yourself. Live your truth, live your honesty, but appreciate not what you do not have a need to get but what you have and the value and the meaning that it carries. So never get up with an understanding that, oh, I wish I was able to. How many times have you said, I'm so happy to be able to? Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, there are social media influences. There are lots of influences. We had influences. My parents had influences. But if you understand your truth and stand in it, your happiness comes. Money comes or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You can't buy happiness. You can buy comfort. Happiness is attached to truth. Be happy with who you are and you will live a happy life for the rest of your days. Rodney, 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 you you really moved me tonight. I, I was really, I'm really happy I had this conversation with you. I mean, I felt like I was just talking to my friend again. Yeah. And guys, yeah. for those of you don't you need know, to go back to our country, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you were so profound tonight, and I really enjoyed you tonight. And if I can say that, you enjoyed him, you know. But uh, it was really a wonderful evening. And, you know, most of you guys don't know this, but Rodney was my, was my counselor and my coach in the time when I didn't feel confident enough to do what I needed to do on stage. And, you know, he didn't know that I was, I was just recovering from surgery, from cancer. And he, Rodney was there for me every single night. Rodney, you, you, you really did it for me. You, were, you helped me to come through a moment uh, where I couldn't speak at the time, but you were there for me, yeah. And congrats on the nomination up to this day. You deserve to win. 
Olana, you deserve to win the entire night. Oh my God, come on. No, because I told you. Yes. You never believed it, but I told you. You have what you're not seeing. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we all are able sometimes to look in a process. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a process. And if you say, I, I did something for your process, you only owe it to one other human being on the planet to give them a process. It don't matter how, <laughs> you know, um, but it was great. It was great. And yes, it's my first IG live, but I tell you, Philip, um, wow. Um, <laughs> it, you, a lot of people don't know that you and I never discussed what we we're going to talk about. So right. I saw that came on blind and said, it's cool, whatever it is, man. Whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm happy. Great host. Yeah. Thank you, my friends, for coming on and supporting uh, Rodney. Thank you, Rodney's friends, and thank you, my guests, for coming on. Rodney, it was my very, very great pleasure. And somebody said in the live that we need to have a part two <laughs> and said, you should do more of this. Yeah, you hear that? You should do more of this, Rodney. Okay? Well, so I, I guess let's let's do that now, Philip. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime, Thank you, brother. Ingrid. Ingrid says, excellent conversation. Uh Guy and uh, I think that's um says, Thank you, Mr. Clark, for doing this. Uh you're welcome, my friend. Rodney. Yeah, man. Have a good night. And see Bless you next love. time. Uh guys, this time. Eight o'clock next week, we're going to have another fabulous guest. And please like and share this video and tell others about it and comment. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Rodney. Thanks, girls. Take time.